Welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast. Today we are talking about hemp fusion, which uh, regular readers will have already seen uh, that we've covered on the armchairtrader.com. But now we have the opportunity to speak to Hemp Fusion's CEO, Jason Mitchell, who we have on the show today. Hemp Fusion Wellness is listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the designation CBD.U and is also now available OTC in the US under CBDHF. Hemp Fusion is a um, a manufacturer and distributor of uh, hemp-based products primarily in the US market. Um, can you can you give us a bit more background on the business, what it what it does and uh, what it sells? Hemp Fusion Inc. was um, a US corporation and was founded in um, 2015 with products hitting the market first in 2016. And right now today we are in, our family of companies are in about just over 4,000 stores And we offer about 46 different amazing products between our family of brands. And we have roughly 30 products in development right now. And that we're very, very excited about what's about to come. But, you know, the the beginning story of the company is also fun to talk about as well. And this is a, a really challenging marketplace with a ton of competitors. And over the last year, we believe we've built an amazing team to be able to set forth path forward um, as it relates to our plans for 2021 and beyond. So we're very excited. From the perspective of non-North American investors, Hemp Fusion is a hemp-focused business as opposed to a cannabis-focused business. Can you explain a little bit more about the, the differentiation between those two from just from a substantial basis? Yeah, absolutely. So the difference between what is typically being referred to as a cannabis business versus a hemp business The primary differentiator, although some might argue a little bit um, deeper versions of this differentiation, the primary difference is is that marijuana contains a psychoactive compound called Delta-9-THC. It's the the part of the cannabis plant that elicits the high. Whereas when you refer to hemp, hemp has to have a reference level of Delta-9-THC, at least according to the law, below 0.3% THC, and theoretically does not actually elicit the high. Um, Hemp Fusion has taken that to a greater extreme is that we actually only work, we've developed products over the last several years and all of our um, scientific development around all the engineering of our formulations, we've reached a point now where our products are tested at below 0.01%, which by all estimations means non-detectable. And the reason for this is that we're trying to capitalize on the CBD side of the business, but even more importantly, the broader array of cannabinoids such as CBC and CBG and CBDV and so many other wonderful cannabinoids that together have come to be known as the entourage effect. In fact, there is a tremendous amount of research that has already been done and in development, or I said in process, that shows that CBD by itself is still a good thing, but these other seemingly minor cannabinoids are unbelievably valuable and that together there's a greater story to tell. So we're very, very excited. And Probulin Probiotics is a wholly owned subsidiary of Hemp Fusion. And this means that you can, with some of these products, you can actually um, sell them as um, medical practitioner products in the US. You have something called um, FDA listed status, um, which is not easy to get. Can you no. can you talk a little bit about 
about what's involved in that and why that that's important for a company like this in, in the health market? Absolutely. And so just, just to break down the classifications of products really quick, because it'll help understand how substantial what you just mentioned really is, is that you have a classification of products under the Food and Drug Cosmetic Act in the United States. You have cosmetics. Cosmetics are these products that feel good, smell good, help with moisturizing and nourishing the skin. Then you have dietary supplements. Dietary supplements are not classified as drugs. In fact, they're governed under the food arm of the Food Drug Administration, and that these are supplements, things like vitamins, minerals, um, amino acids, and all kinds of other herbals and things of that nature. And then you also have a classification of what are called OTC, or over-the-counter drug-listed products. Now, what that simply means is, is that these products have gone through a rather extensive validation process with validated formulations that qualify under the Food and Drug Administration as an over-the-counter drug for self-care, which means they don't require a prescription, but they are classified as a drug. Now, these are very difficult to do because the time involved, the money involved, and the patience that it takes to go through the entire process so that at the end of it, you, you actually have a product that would qualify under these regulations is makes the product um, a great deal more valuable. And here's the primary reason why. The three main reasons why people are looking for products that contain CBD is because number one, pain. Number two, stress. And number three, sleep. But number one is pain, and pain in the United States is considered a drug claim. That if you are not a drug, you cannot make that claim. And in order to make that claim, it has to be a drug. And in order to be a drug, you have to go through the entire process. So we have created over the last year and a half or longer, I, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline now because these products have been on the market for over six months now. But these products were very carefully formulated and then patiently um, taken through the entire process. And we have eight different products, five of which are focused on pain. One is related to eczema. One is related to acne and skin conditions of redness of the face. And the last product is a wound healing ointment, meaning kind of like a cuts and scrapes, you know, healing wound ointment that can help speed along wound healing and kind of like your antibiotic ointments when people get cuts and scrapes and so on. And so we focused on primarily pain but we, we definitely wanted to provide people options of products that are unique, but that also do not have ingredients like parabens, phthalates, glycols, um, and sulfates, things that consumers are becoming increasingly more aware of that these are not good ingredients. And typically in OTC drug products or even in cosmetics, there's a lot of these cheap processing aids that are not good. So to compound our issue of going through the drug validation process even further, we chose to use ingredients that we deem more natural than what would be typically used. And so it was a, it was a very, it was a huge undertaking, very expensive, time consuming, but has truly landed in a wonderful place. We're very excited about those products and we even have more products in that same category under development, very excited. In fact, one of them may very well be the first of its kind ever done. So we're excited. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about that that sort of R and D and manufacturing element and, and what you I know you can't go into detail but from in terms of the actual process and the facilities you've got to uh, potentially scale up that side of the business. Absolutely. So to be clear, 
We don't do our own manufacturing, but we have exclusive license on the raw material and we have strategic partnerships with co-manufacturing partners that help to bring forward our unique and proprietary formulations. And this was a very important part of the process. I believe in any business, you have to identify what you're really, truly good at. And then if one of the pieces of the puzzle in the supply chain are not what you're an expert at, you need to seek out and find those experts to become partners. And it's really key. Manufacturing is unique, but it's a repetitive cycle item that has an incredibly huge CapEx expenditure. If somebody has already made this investment and they have the proper capabilities and talent to formulate the way that you want, it is best to utilize those resources. Now, it, it was absolutely our focus to have control from soil to oil to finished product. And so we developed these strategic and exclusive license partnerships to make sure that we can build our products. Now, what makes us truly unique is that we use exclusively EU, European Union Commission registered strains of heirloom hemp. And this means that the seeds have been DNA verified and some may not find that important, but in the world where prohibition on a particular plant has already ended on hemp, but is starting to end on the marijuana or cannabis side, it is crucially important that you follow the regulations and that you do things to the extreme when it comes to laws, because it'll actually make the path forward, albeit narrow, but clear. And it's really important because, you know, when we started this company, the first thing we said is that what we are doing must be legal and that we are not going to focus on doing something right away. We're going to instead focus on doing it right, because if we do it right, you won't have to worry about right away because the products themselves, the, the path forward will be one that's clean and people will respect and trust. And so um, building a regulatory portfolio from the initial seed has been incredibly important. So. We take this unique seed that is certified organic and we use certified organic growing practices. All the farming is certified organic. And that's even important because we have to do pre-soil validation to make absolutely sure that the soil is clean of impurities and things that you would otherwise be concerned about. Heavy metals, pesticides, herbicides, all these different things that are used. You even have to have a certain distance from the manuf um, from. Uh, industrialized manufacturing. You have to make sure that the water in and around the areas of which you farm are pure and clean as well. We also use very specific microclimates to grow the hemp. And we also use specific strains of hemp that are grown in Europe. And the reason why this was so important is the Europeans are the experts on hemp. I would love to say that the U.S. farmer is an expert on hemp, but they're really not. We were really good for many years growing illegal marijuana. <laughs> you know, we were really good at it. But the fact of the matter is, is that growing hemp is still somewhat of a an emerging and new trade for our U.S. farmers. And I hope that someday they get there. But the Europeans are experts. They've been doing it for estimated of hundreds of years. And the fact that things are DNA verified. So we take it through this entire process. Even once we get, um, we harvest, on the hemp, we take it through a really exclusive extraction process. Now, it is CO2, which is solvent-free, and that's not what's unique. What's unique is that how you use the CO2 extraction. See, I look at it, I, I liken to compare CO2 extraction as the cooktop for a chef. 
but the formula on how the chef cooks their food makes the difference in how much someone likes their food. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds silly, but you could get 10 chefs using the same grill, but the methods used to cook a filet, one, one filet is going to end up tasting better than them all because that chef has unique talents. Well, I would like him to compare our engineers as it relates to who does our extraction as chefs. And they have created something that we have called, that we call a panoramic broad spectrum hemp extract. And this gives you not only as much CBD as what others are using, you know, to per serving in their products, but it provides so many other minor cannabinoids and compounds that are in hemp that are key and important. We take this material that is now once entered the United States as USDA certified organic. Mm -hmm. And we, we formulate all of our unique products, everything from tinctures that range from five to tw um, five to 50 milligrams per serving. We have capsules from five to 20 milligrams per serving. We even have specialized formulas for stress, sleep, energy. And so, you know, our formulas are really unique, something that we focus on quite intently. Um, so hopefully that takes you through some of the process. Now we actually our manufacturing in the United States is, um, in accordance with the FDA CGMP, which is current good manufacturing practices. All the facilities are USDA certified organic, which is really important. And we also are US Hemp Authority certified. It's an outside third party organization that comes in to independently verify that in fact you are doing things correctly, that you're doing all the appropriate testing to make sure that your product is safe for human consumption. Now, I will tell you that there is a very important part of the process that many leave out. We have for the last three years been intently focused on um, toxicology review because in the FDA's eyes, their biggest question besides the fact is what being, is what being sold um, similar to the drug being sold by GW or can it be deemed a dietary supplement? That's one of their questions. But the other is, is this even safe for human consumption? Because there is a lack of data that would suggest that it is safe. And so as a result, for the last two and a half years, we've been involved in numerous elements of safety evaluation, not only from our ingestible products, but our topical products as well. And we have reached a point now where we have completed all of our um, ingestible toxicology studies that will ultimately lead to what is called a self-affirmed grass affirmation, which is generally recognized as safe. And that's in accordance with the FDA Red Book 2000 guidelines. In addition, on our topicals, we've done a complete third-party toxicology review that gives us what is called a no-observed adverse effect level review. I know this is a lot of technical stuff, but I want people to understand the lengths that we have gone to to make sure that our products are safe, that our products are formulated correctly, and that we're using really top-notch ingredients because at the end of the day, the consumer really wants to know that the product works, that the product is effective, and that the product is most importantly safe and that they feel comfortable giving it to not only themselves, but their family. And at the end of the day, the shareholders will appreciate this because we have done a lot of the work that will pave the future. And we don't believe, I believe that 2021 is gonna enter an area which we're now calling CBD 2.0. We've already had the first evolution of CBD and it was a little bit fast and loose and a little bit wild, wild west-ish. Well, now it's getting much more formalized and much more focused on who are going to be the winning companies going forward. We believe we're in that perfect pole position.
one of the things that we actually you know we like about the company is that you have obviously invested a lot of time and effort into getting this um this regulatory sign-off and, and for anybody else who was trying to break into this market there's a lot of time and a lot of expense involved in in um in getting you know over-the-counter products but but the other thing i wanted to touch on was this fantastic distribution network that you guys have in in, in the us now you've got some um very big names that that, that um, some of your other products are available through. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So when you consider our family of companies, we have distribution through Amazon, Whole Foods, Sprouts Farmers Market. We even at this moment can't disclose the name because we haven't been given approval by the chain. But the fourth largest grocery, food, drug, and mass big box retailer, um, we have now launched our products into two-thirds of their stores based on the state-by-state -state distribution because in the U.S. Um, regulations are different by state-by-state, state, so they have to distribute differently. Um, but right now, our, our products and our family of products are, in, are available in over 4,000 stores today. And what we're really excited about, too, is this week we are shipping our first shipment into the European Union through Ireland. And, we, and that is with the full acknowledgement of the Food Safety Authority of Ireland and we will be making expansions beyond there into the UK and so on. And we already have strategic partners aligned. So we're really excited about our next move internationally, but our pro our products under the Probulin name are already distributed throughout the UAE, which is the United Arab Emirates. And we're one of the top selling probiotics there. So we're very excited. We're already in South Korea and we have limited distribution right now in, in Mexico. Um, and so our international expansion plans are very exciting, but we as a company have decided that we will always do it right as opposed to right away. And I know I repeat that quite a bit. Some companies will go into a country without registration and worry about that later. We're gonna do the registration first so that we always remain on the good side of these independent municipalities so that we can always have the respect of the authorities. And so we always wanna do those things um, correctly. One of the things to mention also is that we are in the middle right now of filing our novel food ingredient submission on our hemp extract. And that's one of the requirements the UK has made in order to move forward selling products that contain CBD. And so while this isn't a, an absolute requirement throughout the EU, we know that it means something to the UK and we want to make sure that we do it right. We respect the authorities and want to participate in, in, in business in a manner of which that is honorable. And that's very exciting news. We didn't realize you were that close to the uh, to EU distribution. What, what's the timescale for, for products becoming available in the UK um, on the shelves? So um, I can't give guidance on exactly when things are available at specific times. But what I can tell you is our first shipments are shipping this week into Ireland. And our goal is to move to the UK next. Um, and so we already have strategic relationships aligned in UK for distribution. Fantastic. Can you can you talk generally about what, what we considered is going to be an expanding market, but um, just the, the general market for um, CBD related products of the type that you're selling, it seems to us, and certainly it's been our experience here in the UK as well. Um, we're seeing more and more um, general distribution of these sorts of products, as well as specialist outlets appearing too. It, it strikes me that this is this is um, 
this is going to be a much bigger market in 12 to 18 months than it is at the moment? Well, you know, I would say that there, there are so many different organizations that are saying by 2027, it's going to be over $100 billion in sales or things. You know, and there's a lot of predictors out there. What I can tell you is that I truly believe that the use of ingredients like CBD from hemp, it's not a trend. It is an, it, it's, it's, it's a new emerging component that has so much promise. I believe that the identification over the last several decades, the, the discovery, what I consider anyway, as one of the most amazing discoveries in medical history of the endocannabinoid system, and that happened in 1992, I believe is the, the year in which that was discovered, really pulls back the blinders that we've had about cannabis and hemp and about the fact that this is the ultimate superfood. I believe that this is going to be a very revolutionary category that will emerge widely. It won't just be tinctures, capsules, and a couple of edibles. It'll introduce itself into beverages and foods and, and topicals. And I mean, it, I believe that there is almost no boundary as to where these products can be used. And I think that the science behind it, as it continues to emerge, will pull back, well, I should say, will open up the eyes of researchers so widely where they have otherwise been blind. And it will provide potentially, even within the medical community, answers where there weren't any. And so I'm incredibly encouraged by this plant. And I have to admit this, how I got to know, I mean, I am a board certified naturopathic doctor. And in 2011, I was very, very ill. I came down with a disease that is an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. And it is ultimately what led me to start my company, Probulin um, Probiotics, because it was a digestive disease that I was focusing on. Now, my products didn't cure me. That's not at all what it is. They didn't even exist. But what it did is it inspired me to leave the company that I was at so that I could start a product line that was what I believe to be important to consumers and that they should pay attention to their digestive health. But interestingly enough, at the time, if someone had told me that cannabis could offer me a benefit or hemp could offer me a benefit, I would have rejected it. I was so rabidly anti-cannabis that I was the opposite. If, I mean, if, if it was a political discussion, we'd hate each other, right? Like if someone was pro, we'd be on, it would be a debate of mass proportions. But it was through humility that I did my research, came across a really unique terpene called beta caryophylin, which by the way, is in all of our products. Um, and... I came across this terpene that opened my eyes to the endocannabinoid system because when I went through naturopathic school, um, naturopathic medical school, I, they didn't teach about the endocannabinoid system. It opened my eyes and then all of a sudden I said, oh man, boy was I wrong. I was completely wrong. Not only is there something to it, it is so much deeper than I'd ever thought and so much more relevant than I'd ever thought that it was apologetically that I was looking for a way to be able to put something together at some point in the future. And so that is part of the reason why Hemp Fusion exists today. Besides the fact that I met my co-founding partners, Andrew Oliver, Ryan Griffith, and Ian Dickerois, the four of us just sat there. You know, I already had my company Probulin cooking and growing. And, and when I got together with them, I was like, man, there's just something here. And they had such a deeper experience in cannabis that together as a team, we ultimately have put together what is now our company. So just to give that piece a bit of background, that is how much I believe the future is so incredibly bright for this plant. 
And you, you mentioned uh, earlier on about um, how excited you were about the team and the team was expanding. Are you, can you talk a little bit more about the, the management team you've got in place um, overseeing the growth, future growth of the business? Absolutely. Well, like I said, I have my three co-founding partners um, that the four of us really, you know, every day grind putting brick by brick together. And in the very beginning, it was pretty much just us. And we struggled because we had hard time you know, raising capital, just the typical woes of any entrepreneurial company. And once we finally reached a point where someone believed in us and invested rather heavily into us, and that has ultimately led us to going public today, what we, what we have done is we were trying to say, okay, if we had a dream team, what would it look like? And we struggled a little bit with the right people. And man, over the last 12 months, we've been able to succinctly develop what I would consider a game-changing sales team. And one of my, one of my, the head of my sales, John Visser, is just an amazing human being that in the more expansive food, drug, and mass convenience market, he is just knows everybody. And I know everybody in the natural marketplace. And together we made an amazing team. And one of the weaknesses of our company was marketing and digital marketing. And now they may seem the same, but one is the online marketplace versus the in-store trade marketing place. We've had, we, we, you know, we, through relationships that I had through the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, of which we are as a company, a board member, an executive board member, I met an individual by the name of Ola Lassard. She's an amazing human being. She is our chief marketing officer, and she's also the president of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable. And so she joined us halfway through um, 2020 you know, in the middle of what would otherwise be seen as this unbelievably challenging year that people were cutting back and we were leaning in, right? We said, this is a time to restructure, refocus, and make sure that when we come out of this COVID cloud that we are going to be built, proud, and ready for the marketplace in what we are, like I said, calling CBD 2.0 in 2021. So that being said, we had her. And then in the third quarter, we started the assembly of a game-changing digital marketing team. And these are experts, not only in digital marketing, but in the digital marketing of CBD products. Because in the U.S., you can't just go online and market products because it's very difficult. You can't use the typical marketing platforms like Google, Facebook, Instagram, all these. You're prohibited because there's still elements of prohibition that exist. We hope for more clarity from the FDA, at least in the U.S. market in 2021. And we believe that it's coming. And we're excited about that and we're prepared for it, but there's still these challenges. And so there is a nuance to it. And then we have Progulin that can be marketed on the likes of Amazon and so on. So we have what I would consider what companies dream about as the perfect team. And I'm excited about it. And I'm only happy and humbled to be the leader of the company through this process. And, you know, we, we don't believe in ego in our company. We believe in teamwork and, and, and that's really, really important. There can't be any egos, no matter what your title is. Everybody has to do their part and carry their own torch. And together we've assembled something really awesome. And what's really cool about Hemfusion at this moment, only about 6% of our sales come from digital marketing online. With this game-changing team just joining us in the last couple of months, we believe that number will change soon. The, um, you, you mentioned the Hemfusion Roundtable, which you're obviously heavily engaged with. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what, what its function is? Yeah, the U.S. Hemp Roundtable is an independent third-party um, advocacy association focused on the primarily the legalization of hemp, 
not specifically cannabis or marijuana, but it's not that they're against it. They're not at all, but it's just their focus is on hemp and CBD and so forth. And the ability to develop and encourage and lobby for a path forward when it comes to legalization of hemp and CBD and dietary supplements, foods, beverages, and so on. And it's, it's led by um, a board of directors and the board of directors are made up of several different company advocates, right? From different companies in the industry, all competitors, but as a friend of mine in the industry, Josh Hendricks said, it's, it's coopetition, right? We're cooperatively competing, but yet at the same time, we all have a mission. So rising tides float all ships. So we're looking at all, bringing all these people together, but then there's an executive board that are kind of the extreme leaders of it. And we are one of the executive board members as a company. And my chief marketing officer, Ola Lassard, is the president of the USM Roundtable. And the chief counsel for the USM Roundtable is Jonathan Miller, someone who is an unbelievable person as it relates to an advocate for hemp and CBD. And this organization, USM Roundtable, was strongly involved, or I should say, deeply involved in the development and the bring to, or I should say, the execution through lobbying efforts and all kinds of things of the 2018 Farm Bill that passed and, and was signed by President Trump in two, um, December 2018 that effectively removed hemp from the Controlled Substances Act and now made it legal. And so we're very proud of that. And now as an organization, we're moving on to the next steps, and that is to get the FDA to release their guidelines and to make sure that the guidelines are suitable for a proper framework for hemp and CBD products moving forward. So they're very active from a lobbying and political effort, um, but also looking at the science and looking at not only legal, but science as well to make sure we're, we're supporting that. Speaking about things White House, um, obviously there's just been a, an election in the US, there's a change of government. There are expectations being voiced within the, the wider CBD industry that there could be more liberalization of products. How, how do you think that will impact you and how do you think that will impact the, the wider hemp and CBD based um, products industry? Well, if, if I had to be completely honest, it was under a Republican led administration that we were able to pass the farm bill and the Democrats that are now um, moving into the new administration that will be led by Democrats. There is this hopeful promise that um, of a of a legalization effort for cannabis in general and for hemp and CBD and so forth um, universally. And I believe that there is a tremendous amount of bipartisan belief that this plant has been villainized for far too long. And I honestly believe the Jack is so far out of the box that putting it back in is nearly impossible. It's really now time that whatever administration is leading, and now it's going to be the Democrats, and we're very encouraged by their philosophy around this, but it's really just time that we get very concrete about the framework. And the reason why I say that is that because the FDA hasn't, you know, hasn't put out their guidelines or what would be the requirements, which I don't believe are going to change from the guidelines for dietary supplements that already exist. It's just they've been wholly silent other than on illegal, unsubstantiated health claims, people making irresponsible health claims that they can't legally make. There are a number of companies that entered the market with products that are potentially very um, risky and not safe for the consumer. And so these guidelines we're hopeful will come sooner than later so that we can weed out the companies that are not doing it correctly. And the companies that are doing it right and are focused on the right path forward and are ready to adhere 
to rather stringent guidelines, I think those are the companies that should have the path forward. But as far as this political change, I really don't believe that, um, that one administration over the other is going to have, you know, any more or less impact because I think there was a pretty serious bipartisanship belief that this plant needs to be legal. I think the Democrats seem to be at least audibly at this moment interested in, you know, pretty broad legalization. So I, I remain encouraged. But like I said, I think it's moving in that direction regardless anyway. The company was listed uh, at the time of recording. It was listed uh, a week ago. Uh, you've uh, raised uh, quite a lot of money in the process of doing that. Uh, so you have quite a considerable war chest now. Can you talk a little um, about you know, what that allows you to do in terms of expansion and um, further R&D? Absolutely. While, while I can't give you guidance as to our exact plans, I can tell you that we have focused on, besides the international markets, we've focused on a five-channel strategy. Further expansion in the natural products industry, which, like I said, is primarily where we're at in over 4,000 stores. But in that market, there's over 10,000 stores that have been identified. So there's still some growth opportunity there. We also have identified the doctor practitioner space of where at the moment we have very little to any entry into that market. So there is a wide open space. And as it relates to the number of chiropractors and doctors, there's tens of thousands of these doctors as potential targets here, but it relies on very strong partnerships from a distribution perspective. Now we have fully executed a distribution agreement with an organization called Fullscript, previously called Natural Partners, which is a distribution arm for doctor practitioners. So we are excited about where that would be leading. Then we have the food, drug and mass big box. Now, these are the big retailers. And like I said, we've already entered into one of them and are incredibly successful in that chain so far. And we're looking to expand in other larger ones, you know, such as Albertsons and, and Kroger and, and, and the Targets and the Walmarts and all, all the big players. And then at some point when Amazon decides to allow hemp-derived CBD products to go on, we will now have not only our Probulin probiotics on Amazon, but we will also have our hemp-derived CBD products on Amazon. And then we look at the convenience channel and the convenience channel is that impulse buy uh, um, type customer, someone that shops every day, but doesn't shop for a month at the time. They're just shopping for income. And so we look at that marketplace as really unique to meet a different consumer at a different time in their day of purchasing. And the last, but certainly not least, and where we are probably making our lo single largest investment is in the digital or the e-commerce space. And the reason why I say that is that we are a company that was built on bricks and mortar. We will continue to support our bricks and mortar retailers in a very strong way. But if, if this last year hasn't taught us anything is that at any moment something can change and you need to be prepared for how consumers might change their buying patterns and being able to access them from an online perspective when we have a pandemic and people that are just limited as to where they are willing to go or feel comfortable going, we need to develop a marketplace that is strong there. And like I said, only 6% of our business is built that way at the present time, but the industry, at least data that we have you know, acquired, it's saying that over half of the consumers buying products that are hemp derived CBD are buying it online. So that opens up an amazing door for us to grow the company. Now I will tell you, we have built 
or we have assembled what I would consider the most amazing team. And this team has already done this in the hemp CBD space. They worked for one of the big players. In fact, that big player was almost entirely online and e-commerce. So they have figured out and understand all of the necessary tactics to build an online presence. And so, like I said, we remain encouraged by our team and our focus. Now, I've already talked about the international, so that goes beyond the five channels. That sounds extremely exciting, and uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic that we'll be uh, seeing some of your products in, in UK stores very soon indeed. Stuart, I, I, just, I just feel honored and, and humbled um, to be on this podcast, and, just, uh, and thank you for the opportunity for allowing us to tell our story. I mean, I, I know sometimes I, I give a lot of... I, I, I have a lot of words and a lot of things to say, but you know, it's so important for people to understand and unencapsulate who we are as a company. Um, because I think belief comes from what our plan is now. Now it's for us to execute that plan and patience is required because we are entering a really interesting evolution of the hemp derived CBD space. But the beauty of our company is that we are diversified, that we have an entire part of our company that is based on probiotics which are incredibly important. It's a huge category globally already. And it is it allows us this element of diversification that we are not a one-trick pony, if you will. We are quite diversified. And we're looking at this war chest that we have assembled. And I, I you know, war chest, I know a lot of people like to use that, but this treasury allows us not only to work within these five channels and to expand and help to foster the teams and build the teams and fuel the teams to do their jobs, but it also allows us to look in a particular area that is already happening, and that is in relationship to M&A. Acquisitions and consolidation are going to start to happen in the hemp-derived CBD space simply because there are companies either running out of money or don't have the regulatory prowess to be able to accelerate in what I, we are calling the CBD 2.0. And I think it's going to be required, but yet they have something really unique about their company. So it allows companies to come together and build together. And so we're excited about that idea and that, you know, the, the fundraising that we've done helps to lead us in that direction as well. Oh, fantastic. That, that's, yeah, that's a very good point indeed. Well, thank you very much indeed for your time, Jason. That's been really interesting. And uh, we'll obviously be keeping close track of uh, how Hemp Fusion is getting on um, in the next few months. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on the podcast again further down the line to update us on what else you've been up to. Well, awesome. I look forward to that. And just like I said, I really appreciate um, being a part of the show and I look forward to uh, um, the next time we can uh, talk again and maybe I'll have more to share. Sure. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you guys very Thank much, you. both of you. Thanks, Jason. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you keep up to date by visiting our website thearmchairtrader.com on a regular basis or indeed sign up for our newsletter on the site and we'll be back again with further interviews and analysis on our podcast. Mm-hmm.